Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching, and today we're going to cover how to help your sensitive child or teen handle uncomfortable situations. And so if you've been wondering what is appropriate for a sensitive kid to demonstrate in, in weird and uncomfortable situations or unusual situations, then you definitely want to stick around. Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. I'm talking about uh, potentially going to new doctor's appointments, uh, hanging out with relatives that don't understand them or um, just aren't as, as relatable. Uh, to your highly sensitive child, visiting older relatives who might be in uh, an uncomfortable uh, setting, like a nursing home, um, uncomfortable for your child, right? I'm talking about this, but also for you. And so we can speak about different settings that will be uh, tricky in in parenting and, and for anyone. And it's important when you think about parenting a highly sensitive child to notice what your expectations are, okay? So... How do we know uh, what what our standards are or appropriate, right? So at MTC, we help parents of highly sensitive kids eliminate the daily meltdown cycle. That is children who are hitting, kicking, screaming, running away, refusing, shutting down, um, just totally checking out of, of, of just day-to-day life or, or daily expectations. And these are children ages two through 18. Um, who are stuck in the daily meltdown cycle that we've helped. We've helped hundreds of families break out of that pattern in uh, many, many countries all around the world, uh, not just the U.S. So when we think about the standards of uh, discomfort, uh, we've seen it uh, in in all kinds of of countries and and cultures. And uh, so we're going to speak about some different situations here. Uh, you may be raising your child and you, you want your child to be able to um, be polite, communicate effectively, uh, tolerate going uh, around um, new people or in uncomfortable situations like, uh, like I said before, that this um, like a nursing home or a new doctor or a new professional setting or a new school, anything like that. Um, where you as, a, as an adult can understand and empathize that this might be tricky or, or hard. And it's also true that if your child is having a meltdown related to this intensity, this is absolutely something for you to address. So I want to cover this because many times parents of sensitive kids can, and teens can jump to the conclusion that a meltdown or a shutdown, which is an implosion, we're doing meltdowns as explosions, and shutdowns as implosions. So it doesn't matter how old your kid is, if your kid is is out of control to the point where they have to totally tune everything out, or out of control to the point where everything comes out of them, uh, words and hitting and throwing things, etc. 
It's this, it's, it's literally two sides of the same coin and it's the same meltdown cycle that you need to be focused on. And so when we think about highly sensitive kids and the fact that they are easily overstimulated, it's really important that you hear that that overstimulation and that that discomfort, even if your child is, is in this, um, tricky situation, uh, feeling emotions about it, sad, worry, concern, um, that does not mean that your child has to have a meltdown or needs to display this extreme behavior. So uh, many parents of sensitive kids who are stuck in the meltdown cycle start to justify um, that this just is what it is. This just is what it is to, to uh, parent a sensitive kid, to parent a big feeling kid. And that is simply not true. And so it's really important for you to notice that meltdowns and sensitivity do not go hand in hand. And so if you are uncomfortable in a setting like this, it's, it's also obvious as a parent, um, this can be tricky to tease out, right? If I feel weird going into a nursing home or going into a, visit a family member in a hospital or um, you know, paying respects at a, at, a, at a funeral or a wake, and um, you know, of course my kid would feel weird, right? Of course, of course. We're not talking about eliminating negative emotions. That's nowhere <laughs> in anything that we say in any of the shows that, that, that I've produced over the years. Um, and, and we don't speak about that because that's simply um, illogical, impossible, right? Negative emotions are healthy, important, and big explosive behaviors or implosive uh, behaviors are where your child needs to uh, needs to shift their behavior and where you need to be highlighting what can be done. Um, that, that is what we're talking about changing. Your child is not their behaviors and your child is not broken. Uh, right now they don't have the skills to manage those big emotions without exploding or imploding. And uh, that doesn't mean that your child will never build the skills or can, can never build the skills. So this is really important for you as a parent to have that clarity <clears throat> Excuse me, because um, it, whether you're highly sensitive yourself or not, uh, engaging in, uh, in a, an event that you need to go to, right, an obligation um, that is important and you want your child to attend for, you know, for family needs um, or for grieving purposes, um, uh, you know, or both, <laughs> right, uh, then, then it's important to understand that your child can hold it together in those big emotion, those big emotional experiences, these uncomfortable experiences, um, without stuffing their feelings. And when I say hold it together, I mean managing their emotions. What does that mean? Noticing that this is this feels weird. This circumstance feels strange. I have worries about this. Um, telling you about their worries ahead of time, communicating them in the middle of the day, um, in the middle of, of an event like that, but in a, in an effective way, pulling you to the side or um, you know, sharing with you that they need a break. All of those uh, means of communication are healthy means of communication in an uncomfortable event, um, like going to a funeral, going to a wake, uh, attending, uh, visiting, visiting elderly um, family members in a nursing home or in a hospital, uh, visiting sick family members who are not elderly in a hospital, etc. And um, as well as, you know, starting to build a relationship with a new doctor, uh, anything where, you know, this, is, it, this isn't necessarily routine for your sensitive kid and one would assume um, might, uh, might spark some discomfort, going to the dentist, etc. 
So all of these things, so these scenarios, right? I'm gonna stop naming a bunch of them for now because I can come up with more, but hopefully you get the gist at this point. Um, all of these uh, uncomfortable situations uh, have, have the emotional experience in common, but it's important to understand that the behavior that your child is de demonstrating does not need to be uh, extreme. And, and this is really important, right? Because as a parent, you might ask yourself, how can I ask my kid to feel comfortable in a setting that I don't even feel comfortable myself? And um, the, the clear component here is noticing that comfort, um, really what we're talking about is being able to feel settled in your body, even in an unsettling situation. And uh, that settling, uh, that, that, that experience of feeling settled is um, something that a highly sensitive child can experience when they are, feel capable of managing their emotions. Your child might be able to use coping skills in that moment, um, but only if they've been able to break out of the meltdown cycle. Because when we see highly sensitive kids who can tolerate going to these events, it's usually not an effectively um, skillful experience. It's, it's more a shutdown, pretending that everything's fine, um, or freezing and just, um, you know, zipping lips and nodding and, and looking wide-eyed and, and just trying um, to hold it together. There's a lot of restlessness in their body language and, um, and, and then the stress comes out later. The meltdown might be uh, later in the day or the next day, etc. And so when we think about supporting your kid and being able to, to tolerate this discomfort, what we're doing is we're asking your child to control their emotions. And that is absolutely something that highly sensitive kids can do. And we've seen highly sensitive kids do uh, day in and day out in, in the families that we work with directly. And so it is possible for your family as well. So when we think about the important component, it's really critically important that you notice that it's not developmentally appropriate for any highly sensitive child ages three and a half, four and up to be having daily meltdowns or daily shutdowns. Um, this is a, this is a, an extreme ineffective coping mechanism that your child has developed uh, based on their lack of skill of being, you know, because they are overwhelmed with the world and they are noticing all of the small details of the world, uh, experiencing empathy, but not knowing what to do about it um, and process it and then uh, processing things deeply so much so uh, that it takes a lot of time and it's very overwhelming as well. And so when we think about uh, how your child thinks about the world and experiences the world, this is uh, something that I call a case of the too many muches, um, when there's just so many things coming at them um, at the same time and without skills to manage that, an uncomfortable situation can really go um, haywire to the point where you might wonder whether or not it's worth bringing your child to these events, even though that might mean, so say for example, awake um, of a loved one, you might decide not to bring your kid, um, but in the back of your mind or, or even in the front of your mind and in your heart, you might um, notice that you're doing that because you don't think that your kid can manage their emotions, um, but that means that you might be sacrificing their grief process because of that. Uh, depending on your child's age and uh, the nature of how your family grieves, 
it might be appropriate for your for your sensitive child to attend a wake or a funeral. Uh, and yet, if your child is in, engaging in the meltdown cycle on a daily basis, and we know that this isn't a choice of theirs, they're willfully um, throwing at you, right? Uh, then that you know makes sense that as a parent, you would wonder, can my kid handle it? Can I even handle a meltdown in a situation like that? Because obviously, it can be quite embarrassing, um, you know, at, 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 or at the very least, just taxing and, and logistically difficult to manage uh, because you need to be places and, and follow a line and, um, you know, all the logistics of, of participating in a, in, a, in a funeral or a wake. And the same thing related to attending doctor's visits. And, and obviously, some, something like that um, is much more complicated to reschedule um, and, you know, and, and manage, especially in today's day and age, pediatrician offices are, are backed up and, uh, limited and, and being able to, um, you know, uh, with all the, the regulations that they need to, to instill, it, it can be really tough to get into the office to get into the appointment. And so for you as a parent, uh, you may be putting yourself in a position or, or thinking that the only option is to, to have your kids suck it up and, and just deal, but then that obviously impacts the ability of the doctor to evaluate your child in a, in a way that, that helps you get clarity on, on what's going on um, and, and you know, ensures that your child is physically healthy um, you know, for, for a physical doctor appointment. And then when we think about being able to notice um, any challenges that your child is having long-term, um, the, the important piece that, that we also wanna talk about here is that you really need to understand what your child can and can't handle. And, and without a clear picture uh, based on, on uh, history um, of, of how other families who have broken out of the meltdown cycle have been able to do this, a, a lot of times um, your own child's history is what's going to dictate their future. Um, your beliefs of what they're capable of are probably, likely, and I encourage you to, to, um, to take a look at those, um, they're probably built on, on your child's historical behavior, you know, what you've seen lately um, in the last several weeks, months, or years from your child. Um, and, and so when you're basing your child's capability based on their historical data, uh, that can really put your kid in a box and, and it really can put you in a position of feeling helpless or, or dread um, at worst and, and at best just um, limited in the same way that your kid is in terms of, of how to support your child in being flexible and in being able to tolerate new experiences even if they're tricky. Um, you know, we're not asking your kid to like whistle and skip down to the doctor and say, go ahead and poke and prod me and it's fine if there's a shot involved. I don't need to know that. We'll be, you know, I'll be able to handle it. Um, most children, highly sensitive or not, can, could have a problem with that. But uh, with, you know, displaying that behavior. But uh, what we are asking of you is to, to um, you know, to invite yourself to consider that your child doesn't need to freak out and lose their mind. Um, and, and that you guys don't need to experience that level of stress and distress when in experiencing something that's uncomfortable. So um, 
This is important to understand. So what are the steps that you need to take? How do you break out of this pattern? <laughs> What's the, what are the things that, that you need to, um, that you need to highlight, right? So first is that you need to change the way that you think about your child, right? As we talked about here, um, your child, your child's needs and your approach to parenting have to be shifted. And um, this is really important when we think about changing patterns like this and and I want you to notice how you're asking your, your child to manage their emotions and uh, what you're expecting of your child. Are you expecting them to be able to present themselves um, as much more skillful than they actually are and, and that's an invalidating experience or are you limiting your child's potential um, because of, of what you have seen in the past and, and so either end of those, um, that, the, that pendulum is, is really concerning. And then in terms of noticing how you manage your emotions, how can you lead your kid? Um, you know, how do you lead your kid when you're, when you're, you're experiencing discomfort? Do you shut down? You know, do you have the skills to manage your own discomfort? And, um, and if that's not the case, you, know, you don't have the skills, um, then it's, a, it's important that you build them yourself because highly sensitive kids learn best through their parents. Highly sensitive children need to change their behavior through their parents changing their behavior and through their parents teaching them strategic skills. And um, this is really important when it comes to understanding the highly sensitive trait and the concept of vantage sensitivity. Highly sensitive kids have a, have a better vantage point at the, of the world uh, when they are raised in a positive environment, but it's not just about trying to be gentle or using solutions that are positive for parenting. It, it's really much more strategic than that because a lot of those um, systems will start first with behavior management. And um, that, is, that is something that you're you've been trying for a very long time is, is throwing uh, coping strategies or limit setting strategies at the wall to see what sticks. Um, but that is something that when you're breaking out of the meltdown cycle needs to happen after you've shifted the way you think about your kid, you've shifted the way that you feel about your kid and, and what's capable. And then also you've shifted how your child feels for themselves um, and feels about themselves. Because if your kid doesn't feel capable, all of those strategies will backfire and they could be decent strategies. Um, and, and this is why general parenting um, and general positive parenting for highly sensitive kids uh, falls flat on, on its face because uh, the strategy and the sequence of that strategy is critically important. And so when we think about being able to, to shift this out, uh, you need to be able to do all of this playfully. It's not just about having um, collaborative conversations with your kid and making sure that your child feels heard and understood in the conversation. Uh, highly sensitive kids and children alike communicate through play. They don't communicate through um, lectures or uh, long drawn out conversations about what they're supposed to do differently next time. That intellectual conversation is, is not something they will remember uh, or recall when in, in that big emotional meltdown or shutdown. Uh, your, your child's brain at that point is not operating in an integrated way. Their, their logical brain, uh, the left side of the brain, is not talking to their emotional brain, the right side of the brain. And uh, you need to be able to build the skill set for yourself as a parent to support your child to integrate how their brain speaks to itself. Um, and, and that is a complicated skill set. It's not something that you can just uh, give your kid a sticker um, and expect your kid to perform um, because uh, that, that invalidates your child's experience that, um, 
that that this is this is hard, and um, it requires much more practice and an effective strategic um, priority, a prioritized way. So. When we think about what's important, right, you need to be able to give your kid feedback in a way that doesn't induce shame. And, and uh, quite frankly, a lot of uh, positive parenting for the, for the general public actually perpetuates a shame-based experience. So I'm not just talking about, um, you know, eliminating threatening your kid, right? And, and I'm not saying that... that um, Many of you are, are threatening your kid with physical punishment. I'm talking about if you don't do this, then, um, then you're going to lose your iPad or uh, you're going to need to do this. And if you don't, I'll take this away. Um, if then language is taught in, in many, many positive parenting programs and that language is not effective for highly sensitive kids. And so when we think about being able to shift out of this, this dynamic, Semantics are critical and, and, and highly sensitive kids really need to hear things in certain specific ways. And we've dialed that down to a, a science. And um, it's why the, the work that what we do with, it, with our parents works so quickly, because the way that you say things and the delivery of your message has, is, is impactful in how you can influence your kid. And, and that obviously requires um, some pretty strategic uh, data. To, to demonstrate. And like I said, we've helped hundreds of families be able to break out of this pattern. And um, that means that we have this figured out and, um, and, and parents can't, you know, just taking some, some phrases from a book without understanding how or why it's working. Um, it, it's very easy for a parent to, um, to get the gist of a message and then just try it on their own. And um, for you, I can imagine you've tried uh, using um, communication strategies with your child to set limits that try to, to support them in understanding how their choices impact um, in, impact the consequences. Uh, but the way that you're saying things can be really quite um, uh, counterproductive. And so when we think about the, the, other, the other way around it, right, it, it's also important related to your certainty. Uh, in parenting a highly sensitive kid, you need to be certain that what you're going to do is working and um, otherwise your child doesn't feel like they um, like you you know what you're doing um, and I'm, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek but quite frankly you know your highly sensitive kid can read the room right you know your kid can read um, your emotions on your face they can cut the tension with a knife um, and, and you know they can feel that tension with a knife when when you're frustrated and um, they can also experience a, a, a big level of stress uh, when when you're not sure what they can handle and that adds to their inability to um, to feel capable in, in themselves and and when you're setting a limit that's the last time um, you know the worst time to be uncertain uh, with that being said a lot of parents think that being firm and stern is what certainty means and that's completely different so it's important for you to understand um, that being that being able to rest in a strategy is um, not just relieving for you it's also relieving for your kid and um, that's that's really important for you to, to notice so how do you do this you need to also uh, advocate for your child advocate for yourself start to notice that you need help uh, parenting a highly sensitive child is really really hard and um, it, it is it is not for the faint of heart and I know that um, that you I know that you know that because uh, you, you're learning and studying and, and not a lot of parents will do a lot of that. 
Um, they might read a blog post here or there and basically work their, their best um, way towards winging it. Um, and, and, and just, you know, notice that if they're not spanking or are threatening or, um, you know, doing things that they, uh, that they, you know, that how they were raised, um, then their, pro their kid's probably going to turn out pretty decently okay, um, and be able to manage in the world and function in the world. But, um, this is something that, you know, as a parent of a highly sensitive kid who's stuck in the daily meltdown cycle or the or highly sensitive teen who's stuck in the daily shutdown cycle, um, that this process just simply isn't something that you can keep on winging. Um, you need to have a strategy, need to be able to advocate for your kid, uh, so that you can set those, uh, uncomfortable situations up for success. Uh, so you can support your child in, 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 in breaking out of the patterns of just holding it together until they explode later or just engaging in outright refusal at the start. Um, and, and that requires you to be able to speak up in a way that doesn't put your kid in a box, as I mentioned before. So how do you do all that? Well, you, you need to be able to notice um, what steps are, are critically important in breaking out of the meltdown cycle. And so I encourage you to go ahead and watch our, our webinar. Um, we know we have a free masterclass for parents who are um, interested in, in, in uh, getting the support, but also in, in understanding more around what actually works. And so you want to go to, to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps, the number five, S-T-E-P-S, or um, meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps underscore teen. Uh, if you're raising a high schooler and you're listening in um, or watching the show here. So um, we'll make sure that those links are available to you in the show notes. And with that being said, um, we'll, we'll cover that. It's a free training that we've offered for, for quite some time now, and it's been impactful for families to understand at a, a deeper level um, how highly sensitive kids need to be parented and what clearly needs to be broken out of um, in these circumstances so that you can help your kid engage in all parts of life uh, without feeling like they, um, that, like they, they have no skills and they, that the only option is an explosion or an implosion. So we are uh, looking forward to, to you being able to have that resource. Again, go ahead to meganthompsoncoaching.com uh, backslash five steps or meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps underscore teen. And we will speak with you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five, S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.